Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Uh, we're in Colossians. If you remember, uh, Colossians 2, we address several issues, and uh, one of the big ones is the cults and and their, uh, the Gnosticism, and trying to draw uh, people away from 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 Christ, trying to draw people away from uh, from the simplicity of Christ. You got the Judaizers trying to put people under the law and under the bondage. You got different groups, and, and and one of the big key issues that was being laid out is that we are complete in Christ. We're brought in uh, because of the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, he he uh, circumcises us with the circumcision made without hands, cutting off the old flesh. And, uh, and so, so we're not under the, the, the Jewish covenant, if you would, of Israel and, and all these things. And then so, so it kind of ends the chapter with this. Why put yourself back under the bondage of the ordinances, especially of men, uh, traditions of men and so forth? Uh, uh, if, if, you know, why aren't we dead to the world and the rudiments of the world and the traditions and, and on and on he goes. So as we go into chapter 3, He's still carrying on this idea, but he's transitioning a little bit. And, uh, and so it says in chapter 3, in verse 1, If ye be risen with Christ. Uh, now, by the way, when we talk about the resurrection, this is something, uh, this is an area where maybe the cults check out. They, they have nothing to relate this to. Uh, a resurrected Savior, the, the, the central figure of our faith, conquered the grave. He's alive. And, uh, and, and, and so to come to this place where we say, if you be risen with Christ, like, this is something we can't touch. And, and the fact that we are identified, we saw that we are buried with him in baptism. We, we see, we see that, that concept. We are uh, um, uh, in Galatians, crucified with Christ. Here now it's saying, if you be risen with Christ. Hey, if you've been placed in Christ, uh, our rapture is sure. Our resurrection is sure. We will be with him, and, and, and quite frankly, even in this life, we are to walk in newness of life, the Christ life, him walking in us. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but now he has resurrected us, and we are alive in Christ. If you be risen in Christ, what do we do? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He's now drawing our attention. Remember I mentioned in the very beginning of this series that, uh, that Ephesians kind of addresses Christ to his body, uh, or the head, if you would, God, to the body, and, uh, and, and what he has done for the body, and, and our position in Christ, who we are, identity. Philippians talks about how the body relates to one another, to each other. And then Colossians talks about how we then relate back to the head, and as our eyes are on him. So he draws our attention to the heavenlies. Look to Christ. Where is he right now? Well, he's at the right hand of God. And uh, we are to set our uh, uh, seek those things which are above the heavenlies. Seek the things of Christ, the things that are above, the things that matter. All right. Now this is important because remember he said uh, earthly things, uh, free from the rudiments of this world, the earthly things. What do we what do we tend to do? We 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 fall into these traps of uh, of uh, we talked about uh, even yesterday the ordinances. Those are earthly things. Uh, you know, if, if you're dead, you're dead to those things too. And, uh, and he even talks about false humility and false worship and, and all these things that all they do is kind of puff up the flesh. 
and, and, and let me just say this. As we talk about seeking the things that are above, we seek that. In fact, in verse 2, he says, set your affections on things above, not on things that my affections, my heartstrings. What are the things that I'm that are tugging on my heartstrings? What are the things that I'm after in this life? And, uh, and we need to be so careful because because even as believers, we start living the Christian life very earthly, very uh, you know. Well, you know, we are in this earth. We're supposed to live in this earth. We need to be so careful because sometimes we live the Christian life in the flesh. We we fall under as I mentioned as as we looked at the the ordinances of men. We, we, and what I mean by that is it's not that we're lawless in the sense that we don't obey the law, but the idea that we've put on these restrictions, we put on these regulations. If you're a good Christian, this, this, and this will flow. Maybe, maybe not. And, and, and is it really our place to look at that? But rather, here simplifies it, quit looking at the things of this earth. Let's set our affections on the things above. What's above? Uh, well, Christ who sits on the right hand of God. What are we doing with the head? It is amazing how much focus we put on the body and neglect the head, which is Christ. That doesn't make any sense. You know, in our physical body, we actually give the most attention to our head, don't we? Make sure our face looks nice, make sure our hair is cut, or, or whatever the case may be. You know, uh, ladies might put some makeup on, and, and what are we doing? We're giving attention to the head. But... But spiritually, it seems like that's kind of the last thing. Now, the body should be concerned with the body and ministering to one another. We ought to do those things. But, 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 but our focus needs to be the head, Christ. Set your affection, set your attention on him, the things above. Verse 3, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Talking about humanly, our, our carnal, our flesh. You're dead. If you be risen with Christ, set your affection on the things above. Because the reality is you're dead. Again, I'm reminded in Galatians, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now, if you've been crucified, that means you're dead. Yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I'm going to live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so if, I'm a, if I'm dead... This doesn't make sense. I can't live again. Wait, hold on a second. Christ can live in me. You see, my old flesh, my old life, my my my, my sinful nature, all these things, what, what are they? They are dead in Christ. They're hid in Christ. They're buried with Him. In, 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 the, in the baptism from Christ, if you would, the, the immersion, the, the submersion that I have uh, in the person of Christ. So if you're dead, uh, your life is hidden in Christ. If you're dead and you're raised to walk in newness of life, we should seek those things above. So getting our attention back on Christ. Why? Because we're so focused here. Now, the application is here. What do I do with this knowledge? What do I do with Christ? It's here. But but if we're not careful, we, we miss the most important part. You see, Here's, here's where I think the problem comes so often in, in, in the Christian life, and, and I think what we've done with Christianity as a whole, is we've looked to God as a means to our end. Meaning, if you want to have a blessed life, uh, look to God. 
if you want to, you know, your children to turn out, look to God. And uh, whatever your goal is, whatever that thing is, look to God, and He's going to get you that goal. And what happened is we got the cart before the horse. You see, He's not going to be the means to anybody's end. He's not some genie in a lamp who rubbed the lamp and comes out and He says, Your wish is my command. If that were the case, that makes us the master and Him the servant. But when our goal and our ambition and our desire eyes are on the Lord Jesus Christ, it is amazing how all those other things kind of become a byproduct of seeking Him. In fact, isn't that what, he, what Jesus had said in, in Matthew uh, was it 6? Uh, when He says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and His righteousness, and all these things we add unto you. Uh, you, you see, we, we get things backwards. Those things are all great. Those things are wonderful. But apart from the head, it's all vanity. It's all vanity. You know, this is why sometimes it's very hard for a good moral person to get saved. They don't see the need of a Savior. But all that goodness is vanity. All that goodness is going to be for nothing apart from the head, apart from Christ. There are a lot of good things in the Christian life that we can give ourselves for. But, but, but to what end? Why am I doing this? To be seen of men? To be men pleasers? Or is my attention, my focus on him, on focus on God? He says, you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ and God. That is, if you've been risen with Christ. If you've been risen with Christ, we should seek those things above, not things of the earth. Uh, let's just get away with that. He said, let's get away with this earthly uh, law and trying to trying to earn my righteousness. Let's get away with this earthly concept of of worship being seen of men and, and false humility and and these things. Let's 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 make sure that we're living for for one and that is Christ. So what what happens next? Four. We we started verse one. If now four. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. We we saw verse three. Uh, for you are dead in Christ. Verse four. When Christ who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now, this is an interesting verse, because he throws an assumption in there. In fact, we could take out that, that, that little uh, phrase in there, who is your life, and let's just kind of read it uh, as a sentence there without that interruption. When Christ shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now, that's an awesome thought by itself. When he appears, we're going to appear with him in glory. Uh, when he when he comes back, when he uh, uh, when he returns, not the rapture, but the second coming. What's happening? We're with him. By the way, if we're going to come back with him in glory, that means we got to be with him ahead of time. All right. Uh, we'll talk about uh, eschatology later as we as we talk about when the rapture is going to occur and the tribulation, all those kinds of things. But uh, but this is one of the many reasons why I believe the rapture is going to occur before the second coming. And, I, and I, I'll go so far as to say before the tribulation even begins. Uh, we'll get into more detail of that at another time. But, um, but we're going to come back. We're going to appear with him in glory. Now, there's an interesting phrase in there. When Christ, um, who is our life, what an assumption. And, you know, I've got jotted down in my Bible right there. Is he your life? There's an assumption made there that believers who have, who have called in the name of Christ for their salvation, listen, you're not your own, you've been bought with a price. Uh, we, we must give ourselves a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, we don't live for us anymore. He purchased us. He has bought us with his blood. And so here's the question. Is he your life or is he your fire insurance? You see, here's the heart of God. Uh, I believe he wants Christ to be our all in all. He, he wants to be everything to us. Is he your life today? That's a great question. If we don't get anything else from these verses right here, uh, just that question, is he my life? Is me everything? In him we both live and breathe and, 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 and have our being. It's all about Christ. Set your affections on the things above, not on the things of this earth. Uh, looking to him. Uh, what, what, what's Christ doing? He's seated on the right hand of God. In Ephesians, as it talks about what he makes us to be, it says we're seated with him. We're in Christ. But, but, but where is he? He's interceding for us. He's there on the right hand of the Father. He has done his part. And he's looking to us and saying, now watch what I'm going to do in and through you. And we look to him and we say, God, I'm yours. Holy Spirit, use me. Work in me. Make me like the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the question. Is he your life? Because, you know, when he appears, we're going to be with him. It says in another place, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Is he your life? You know, I think a lot of us are going to be in for, uh, for a rude awakening at the judgment seat of Christ. Not because of sin, because that was taken care of at Calvary. But because we're going to get a proper perspective of eternity. We're going to see everything clearly, I believe. And we're going to realize, boy, I sure gave a lot of time at the office. But did I give a lot of time to see souls saved? I sure committed a lot towards this or that, the other thing. My hobbies, my things. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with those things. Let's make sure they're balanced. We're going to realize, boy, I have family members that are lost. They're going to face the wrath of God. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's going to be wonderful. There'll be no tears in heaven. It doesn't say that. The Bible says that God's going to have to wipe away our tears. What could be so bad in heaven with God that, he, that, that we're crying and he has to wipe, supernaturally wipe away our tears? I think we're going to have a proper perspective of eternity. We miss some things along the way. Why? Because Christ wasn't our life. I've, uh, I've been accused of this before, and I've heard this phrase many times. Um, you can be so heavenly-minded, you're of no earthly good. I don't believe there's such thing. Now, I do believe there are those that just have their heads up in the cloud, and maybe that's what they're talking about. But I believe the more Christ is your focus and Christ is your life, Honestly, the better citizen you'll be, the better father you'll be, the better neighbor you'll be. All these things are going to fall into place with the, the person you ought to be. Why? Because he's my life. He's my focus. And as I look to him, um, you know, and, and, and I'm looking to his word where he's expressed himself to me, I, I see who I'm supposed to be. I see who I am. I see where I'm going, the looking unto Jesus. I, I, he's the, 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 the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I see all these things playing out. 
I see the principles, I see the Proverbs, the book of wisdom, and I see, I see how I can I handle life circumstances. And, and all these things start playing coming into the into view, into focus. Why? Because he's my life. There is nothing else. I've said no to a man's wisdom, uh, that old flesh that all it lived for was pleasing self. And I said, God, how can I best please you today? Because you're my life. For when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, we shall appear with him in glory. Tomorrow we're going to get into, and I don't want to start the list now, but we're going to get into some very practical things in our life that says, if Christ truly is your life, then there are going to be some things that you're going to cut out of your life. And if Christ is truly your life, there are going to be some things that you're going to be making sure that are in, put into your life. And I want to be careful because I'm not contradicting what I said yesterday about the ordinances. Because truly, it's not about do's and don'ts. Now it's about this. Is he my life? Is he my life? Now, there, there are going to be some blessings with him being your life. Those blessings are not the goal. They're just side benefits. They're um, byproducts. But the goal is him being my life. You see, uh, there's some things we should get rid of, not, 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 not because we're putting ourselves back under this list, but because he's my life. This is what him consuming my life looks like. So be careful. We're not going to focus on a list. Hey, do this and don't do this and do this and do this. But the reality is, here's a, here's a good check to see if he is your life, if he's become your life. What are you doing with the flesh? What are you doing with the spirit? And I want to challenge us Christians. If he's really our life, how much time are we spend with him? You know, my wife and I were coming upon our 17th anniversary. And uh, humanly speaking, in this, you know, in this flesh, uh, she, she's my life. She's, she's my everything. She, she's my, my other half. Completes me. And I know all that's cliche, but she really is. She's, 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 she's my helper that God gave me. Fit for me. And, you know, I could tell when her and I are drifting apart. In those times, maybe there have been stresses of ministry and just busyness, busy seasons we go through. And we look at each other, we say, we haven't talked much. We haven't communicated Last night, her and I, uh, we went for a, a long drive and just uh, had kind of a date drive and just talked and, uh, and came home last night and uh, we played a game together and just time together. Because she's, she's my life. And you know, I, I look to the Lord and I consider Jesus and I ask myself the question, is he my life? What kind of time do I spend with him? What kind of fellowship is there with my Savior? The one who gave it all for me. Is he my life? You know, some people right now are kind of panicking. and kind of frustrated. And I'm afraid in some way, maybe even they, they, they ride on the, on the coattails of their pastor or their spiritual leader. And in these times, it's actually kind of good because... Uh, 
We're going to ask, how are you doing at feeding yourself? Now, I've been doing these online Bible studies. I've been doing uh, online services and stuff, but it's not, not really the same. Do you feed yourself? And what I mean by that, do you, do you spend time with the Lord? Do you read His Word, God's love letter to us? Do you pray? you commune with Him? I love that song, um, uh, In the Garden. Just a word picture of uh, that communion with, with, with the Lord. And He walks with me and talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. Where does he tell me that? <laughs> In his word. The joy we share while we tarry there. Um, you, see, you see, this walk, this life that, that I have with Christ, he speaks to me in his word. I speak to him in prayer and we, we commune together. And then there's wonderful times where, quite frankly, I don't want to walk away from because it is sweet fellowship. If he's my life, there's going to be a passionate pursuit of him. If he's just fire insurance, then we're looking at everything as a duty uh, or, or this checklist. Uh, or he's an angry God that i got to try to appease rather than a loving Heavenly Father. And we get everything backwards. You see, and, and I was actually talking with somebody today about this. Why is doctrine so important? Why is theology so important, the study of God? Because at the end of the day, you will always do what you believe. You're never going to change the way someone behaves until you change the way they think. You're going to do what you believe. And you say, why, why do our kids go down, the, uh, down off the deep end? Why do they go down these bad roads? Because they're doing what they believe. They never bought in. There's no, there's no faith. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get it. So when we learn and we understand who am I in Christ and who is Christ to me, and, and as Colossians is addressing, who is this head and uh, how are we to relate to him, we start to realize that there's going to be this outflow from what I believe, what I understand to be true. When I know him and I know him intimately and personally, when, when, that's why the scripture says, study to show thyself approved unto God, not unto men, not unto each other, uh, unto God. A workman, then he is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm studying. Why? Because I want to know him. And the more I know him, the more I understand him. There's this, there's this communion we have, this fellowship we have together. Why? Because he is my life, Christian. Believers, is he your life today? And what are you doing to cultivate that relationship? Well, I, I have a list. I, uh, I, I go to church regularly, I tithe. I, yeah, you're starting to sound like that Pharisee. I thank God I'm not like these others, for I fast twice in a week, and I, I, you know, I, don't make pro I don't have problems like this publican. Now, that's what happens when we're looking at these things. Now, do I do these things? Absolutely. I have to be there every service. I'm the pastor. <laughs> uh, of course I tithe. Of course I do uh, these things and I, and I pray and I read my Bible and all this, but it's because he's my life. Nothing else really matters. Hey, I, my kids, they get involved in sports and we do these things, but at the end of the day, we step back and say, what's our life all about, guys? It's about Christ. He is our life. And you can ask my children that. They'll say, Christ is our life. That's, that, that's what we're designed. Are we, are we perfect? No. Uh, do we slip up? Do we, do we uh, uh, have times where, where maybe he's not as central as he should be? Absolutely. But here's, here's the thing. He's my life. 
Remember Peter after he denied the Lord and Christ resurrected, and he uh, made them some fish there on the on the seashore. And he looks to Peter and he says, um, "Peter, do you love me? Lovest thou me?" He says, "Yes, Lord, I love you." He says, "Feed my lambs." Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love you. You know, I believe Peter was saying kind of between the lines there. I believe he had a heavy heart and he said, Lord, I know my actions didn't show it the last few days. I denied you three times. I abandoned your calling when you said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And I went back to my old life of fishing. But Lord, you know I love you. You see... Sometimes we don't always do it right, but, but boy, if, if he's my life, we're going to keep coming back to him. We're going to keep coming back to that place and say, I want to walk better. I want to follow better. And I sure hope that's your desire today.